This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to episode 49 of Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission, recorded on May 17th, 2021. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. We'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in business, resources, and issues that affect downtown. We also talk to key individuals that help make downtown Halifax better. We are back with another special COVID-19 episode. This episode was recorded via video conferencing as we are all working remotely from our homes during the third wave of this pandemic. So we apologize in advance for any issues with the sound quality. We begin this episode with Joyce Liu, founder and CEO of Lumi Studios, a media and production company in downtown Halifax. They specialize in community storytelling, offering mixed media services to local businesses and corporations. And Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, is back. Paul is going to tell us about the new developments with provincial economic relief programs and the new video campaign that Downtown Halifax Business Commission has launched in partnership with 11 other business improvement districts across the province. On BizBuzz, we'll talk about what's open in Downtown Halifax and how you can continue to support our local businesses during this lockdown. And we'll tell you about our new giveaway with the Coast for Asian Heritage Month and a giveaway that we will be doing for our 50th episode. And this episode is being recorded on Monday, May 17th. So keep that in mind while listening. The pandemic situation has been changing quickly with new public health measures and economic programs affecting businesses implemented by the provincial government almost daily. To keep up to date, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or visit novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. Today on Downtown Lowdown, we have Joyce Liu, founder and CEO of Lumi Studios. Founded in 2017, Lumi Studios is a media and production company based in downtown Halifax. They are a group of creatives with varying backgrounds who specialize in community storytelling, offering mixed media services to local businesses and corporations. The studio's mission is to support our local community, highlight the best of Nova Scotia, and showcase those who live in it. As most of you know, May is Asian Heritage Month in Canada. Joyce sits on the Asian Heritage Month Committee, so we'll be talking about that as well. So Joyce, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time uh, being on Downtown Lowdown with us. So how did Lumi Studios start? Uh, What was the seed of the idea for it? Hi, Ivy. Uh, First, thank you so much for having me at the podcast. So I started Lumi Studios uh, back in the beginning of 2017. Uh, so I, when I just graduated from the urban planning program in Dalhousie, and um, uh, when I was in school, I was working with uh, some of my like uh, great friends, classmates on uh, uh, in Plano Facts, and then through that, I have lots of experience like creating videos, and then we kind of like do videos by explaining uh, about urban planning issues and. As I work more uh, on video production, I feel there's actually a need in uh, helping um, people, businesses, like local organizations to use like a video as a tool to help them um, kind of showcase their business, explain their um, uh, kind of like their product or the the events, whatever they want to communicate with their audience. And my interests kind of expand from there as well. I'm 
uh, very interesting, more uh, uh, culture, uh, like diversity, uh, like events or issues, and then also ways to help uh, immigrant businesses. Uh, with my urban planning background, I found I do have more uh, resources and knowledges to uh, even help people to navigate through some like difficulties. So that's when I feel uh, it's like the right time for me to start a business like this and help people to tell their stories um, and in a way that's like very straightforward for their audience to understand what they're doing. Yeah, that's how I got started. That's interesting because, uh, to be honest, I didn't know that you graduated from the Dell uh, Urban Planning Program. So I should have mm-hmm. done more research, but it all makes sense to me now. <laughs> it makes it's all coming together uh, that uh, you, you started the studio because, um, yeah, your expertise in, in, in community engagement really have come in, in, in handy for, uh, for your business, I guess. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people didn't, like, met me for very long, didn't know that I have an urban planning background. And then uh, once they know, they're like, oh, that explains everything, <laughs> like how you <laughs> how you do a project. Completely, yeah. So this is great that you, you know, you started this business. It hasn't been that long. Um, it's relatively new, but then the pandemic hit. So how, how have you been operating during this pandemic? How has your business uh, changed? So we, I mean, first, we definitely all moved back home <laughs> to work from our studio. Uh, it was a little bit hard at the beginning, uh, because before we just like sit together in like one studio space that we can, uh, work on project easily to brainstorming and then like even draw things on a huge, uh, a whiteboard. And then we need to figure out like a new flow of like how we communicate with each other, how we finish like a creative project without really being able to sit together to brainstorm. Uh, but there's like good and bad. Like the good part is we're more flexible. Uh, a lot of time we are have like heavy work on post-production. So that it gives people more flexibility on when they want to work. And then I guess we just need to like work with the situation with the time and we probably will meet up in like smaller groups than in a bigger group, like probably once a week to uh, work on projects together. And we still go out to do photo shoots and filmings when we're not in a lockdown. Um, and I so feel we are pretty comfortable with uh, like situation right now. Yeah. It must have been so challenging, especially with engagement, like community engagement. So like the face to face was always so important. But I guess with your your technical background as well, that really made you um, more resilient uh, to uh, to this pandemic situation and being able to use that technology in creative ways to to keep your business going. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. And then at the first couple of months, like last year, we we weren't uh, doing really doing any new projects. Uh, we didn't know how to do projects because we can't go out like reach out to like clients. Uh, we can't do like in person filming. And then as it blends to the summer, uh, the situation gets a little bit better. I went out a lot to meet more like local businesses, really like talk to them like what has been their struggle in operating their business. And um, 
we uh, really focus on like instead of kind of um, uh, trying to get like clients, we work with businesses in partnership to help them uh, even tell their customers or clients like what their business and what they want their customers to know that like the type of services they're offering and what their change in how they operate. And I felt like by doing that, it's more of showing the realness of uh, what's happening in the business community right now. Um, a, a lot of small business owners are willing to share uh, how did, how are they navigating through. So they're more like an example for other uh, business owners in the city. And um, some people got really successful during the pandemic. Some people had some downtimes, but just by sharing those thoughts help also help them gain uh, attractions, gain like new customers. And we uh, now like working with a couple businesses like month to month to help them kind of capture uh, like what are the new updates and then help them build a better online presence on social media because that's where most of people are focusing on uh, getting updates from our local businesses now. So yeah, really take us some time to find, to find that a new way of working with people, but things are start uh, picking up. So speaking of a new way of talking to people, um, Lumi Studios initiated a new original production uh, video series called Embrace. Uh, so can you tell mm -hmm. us more about that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Love to. Um, so that uh, continue with uh, what I was just talking about. So when we meet more and more business owners, we found, so we, we are kind of just working on like uh, starting working on uh, like a commercial project with them, uh, promoting their business or product. And when we're chatting with them, like behind the scenes, we actually found like those people really have uh, uh, all have like unique stories and uh, those stories never got shared. Like for example, how they started their business, like why they, for example, immigrated to Canada uh, or why, like what are the technologies they have behind uh, like creating the, the product they have. So all those behind the scenes, it's more like a mindset behind people never got shown. And I feel that's the core of what we have in Nova Scotia is that uh, the people we have. And uh, it's a new way of uh, representing, uh, I would say, the province, I'd say, like from our uh from the people in our community so i would say like embrace is a like a video series is really showing people and products behind the local brands and then and then we focus on themes like food activities like space and the purpose is to promote the those community-led businesses and then let the audience that's outside nova scotia even outside canada to know about our problems, not just from our beautiful sceneries, from uh, like people already know about, we have uh, ocean technology about like lots of lobsters, but then what is beyond that? There's so many amazing things. And it's so, and then it's uh, especially Halifax has been attracting lots and lots of young people to move here and stay here. So what is the magic behind that? So that's what we really want to show through Embrace. 
Yeah, that's amazing because I'm, I'm sure people don't realize those stories behind the businesses, uh, especially from uh, immigrants, uh, immigrant entrepreneurs. I mean, coming from uh, parents uh, that are immigrant entrepreneurs, I can understand uh, the struggles that, you know, some of these immigrants have come, uh, gone through to set up their business, come to Canada, set up their business and keep it going and raise families and, and try to make a contribution to the community. Uh, so, you know, this brings me to, um, you know, an issue that's come up uh, so uh, so recently, um, but it's always kind of been bubbling under the surface, I think. But this this rise in uh, anti-Asian racism um, it has really come to the forefront, especially during the pandemic. Um, so what are your thoughts around that What have, and your experience around it? Mm-hmm. So I think, first of all, I would say I feel pretty lucky that I don't don't I haven't like uh experienced uh directly on myself of like uh a lot like racism uh on myself but also I feel it is because I'm a little more privileged. I'm like surrounded by the, the community that's always been pretty supportive around myself. And then uh with my background in urban planning, I know more about the resources. Like even if I feel uh, I have unpleasant experience. I know where I can find help and then I know how to navigate through, uh, like difficult times. But definitely I heard lots of stories, uh, in the past year that some of my like business, uh, Asian business owner friends that experienced, uh, had bad experience. Like we, we all see in news that lots of small uh, people break into businesses or during the night and um even back to like around this time last year when COVID first started in China so they received lots of bad like comments uh by words and uh with those uh Asian like uh Chinese business owners. So I feel like first my thought is like what we're doing today. I feel like I need I need to like thank to Downtown Business Association for first like providing a platform like this uh to talk about like Asian uh heritage month to to talk about this issues uh, especially at this time. Uh so this is like a great opportunity for people to know like what is the Asian community looks like and then what uh are some like issues that's in the city. Uh even if when I was doing a little bit research online before um, Asian Heritage Month starts, there's a term really caught my attention. Uh, people saying Asians are like a model minority. It's like uh, there's that stereotype that Asians don't really cause trouble. So to to me, I would say it is harder than people thought. Like when when you're in a uh, unpleasant situation, difficult situation, it's a lot harder than people thought, like how they can uh, even fight back or uh, having their voice up. First, they, like pe- for immigrants, uh, like we're coming from a very, like a different, uh, so- like a society and then coming to a new environment with a totally different language. So with that, like a big, I would say language barrier is always like the first like a barrier kind of you experience. So with that, even like you have, you're like mad, you're <laughs> like, you want to speak up. 
that's the barrier that that exists, and uh, a lot of people don't know how to speak up. So it it is harder. So it's not that people are quiet. It just Latino people need time to really get used to this new environment. And then secondly, uh, I feel is people don't even know what resources exist, and when they don't know what exists or what's available to them, it's it's like impossible for them to know how to access those resources. And same back to like, uh, it's either like the language they don't understand or the our like uh, uh, society structure that people don't understand yet. So um, it's just hard for people to to navigate when they first come. Uh, I would say maybe in the future we can have like a more like a multi-language, uh, like a, even like a welcome package thing for people to know about basic, uh, stuff like resources they can find in the city that would help. Um, that's a great idea, Joyce. I mean, that's an excellent yeah. <laughs> idea. Make it more inclusive and, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, some materials, uh, especially the basic materials uh, that everyone should have, especially the businesses, uh, is multilingual so that um, we can reach out to, to more businesses and, and uh, engage them in what we mm-hmm. do and uh, how we can help them and how we can work together. So that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, and then I, I just felt... Um, even it's around like a mindset, just thinking more from other people's shoes of what is really their barrier. Sometimes we thought that might be their barrier, but actually it might not, or there's like way, way much like difficulties that people don't even realize. There's like a very good example I just like really want to share. It's a very interesting story. So I have a client, they are uh, like a Korean business owners. So I don't speak Korean, and but it's interesting uh, when they were applied for a funding, um, they they didn't under quite understand um, like the process of applying it, and then when they were filling the uh, application, they had some issue. So I also worked with the organization that's providing the funding, and then when the organization had a little bit issue of like communicating with them. So they know that they are my client. They gave me a call. They say, like, Joyce, if you work with them, would you mind? Help me on, like, kind of, like, working with them and explaining what the issue is. They know we have, we share similar immigrant background. And so I went to my friends that, the Korean friends that own the business. So I explained the whole funding program still in English, but just in a little bit different way. It's like, how I explained it would make no sense grammarly, <laughs> but it's, uh, and then, I mean, I'm still explaining in English to them, but they did understand. Uh, I would say how I did that because I know why they didn't understand the part of language. Because I didn't understand that when I was learning English as well. So it just, by sharing like a similar background, like it helps me in communicating with uh, other immigrant business owners. That's so. I it's more like when I'm thinking from their position, I know okay that term may may they may not understand that term or they may not understand the structure of this. So really explaining in a, I would say a little bit like a, even like a 
<laughs> not like a stupid way, but it's uh, um, like a side way, maybe. Yeah, it totally understand. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's a, uh, even the patients, like having the patients to sit down with them and explain it probably made a huge difference as well. Yeah, definitely. Because and I know like, that yeah. to my parents, you know, their English is not their first language. And explaining things to them, you know, you really have to have the patience. Sometimes I kind of lose it because they're my parents. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, you know, having the patience to talk to them um, in, a, in a different way, just as you, yeah. you know, explained. Yeah, it's yeah, really, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting, um, interesting example uh, for sure. Uh, so thanks for sharing that, first of all. Um, second of all, like uh, you mentioned, you did mention and touched on Asian Heritage Month, and I think it's almost in line with like your your video series, like you know, celebrating other cultures um, and businesses and and all that. But you sit on the committee for that. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what's planned for Asian Heritage Month? You know, the, the theme is recognition, mm-hmm. resilience, and resolve, which is mm-hmm. very appropriate, for, especially for this year. Um, but, yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that? I feel like this year it's, like, a great opportunity for us to learn more about, I would say, like, a rich history and culture of our Asian communities. Uh, and then from our from the lived experience of um uh, Canadians of like Asian uh descent uh descent. Um so I so I sit on the, the community was like planning a bunch of uh events and then uh, all those are everything is online this year but both uh public uh Halifax Public Library and Pier twenty one has a really great lineup of events throughout the month. Uh, so there's two that I like really need to highlight. So on the 27th, uh, Palisades Public Libraries will be holding a panel discussion with a group of, uh, Asian community members representing like different countries, uh, talk about, um, like culture, uh, talk about history, talk about the issues they see in our community. And we invited a keynote speaker. Uh, his name is Chase Tao. He's from Halifax and then he's an Asian uh, Canadian actor now. So that is one I'm really looking forward. And Pier 21 is also doing um, film screening. So the films will be av- available for, I think, two weeks of time on uh, 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 the museum's website. And they are featuring three films. Uh, one of them is myself called, uh, Why Halifax? So it talks of, it talks about, um, the change, uh, in Halifax through the hundred years, like made by immigrants, uh, and then through the eyes of different generations of Chinese immigrants. And two other films is called, uh, called Behind the Bangra Boys and Becoming, uh, Labrador. And yeah, there's many, many other more events so they all have great event pages uh really encourage everyone to check them out yeah i'm already signed up for the panel discussion so i registered for that already on the 27th so i'm looking forward to Mm -hmm. that and i'm definitely going to check out those films as well it sounds like a great lineup so congratulations on uh on putting that together i know it was a committee uh committee effort but uh i'm sure you had a a great contribution to it so thank you for that thank you so is there anything else you'd like to add, Joyce? Yeah, kind of just a little bit note. Like, I mean, during this time of Asian Heritage Month, uh, 
uh, I feel a great uh, step of uh, bridging like different communities, like know, like to know our neighbors in the city is just uh, uh, listen more or read more, watch more uh, about each other's story and uh, knowing more is a great like way leading to a better understanding. So like just for myself, what I've been doing in the past years, I hope to uh, just use my camera to capture those stories. Like it, either it's like an immigrant story or like a young people's story, like an older generation story that all reflects like distinct traditions and experience, which creates our shared community in Halifax. And this is our shared home. And I hope all those stories you see in the community can like those can be a like can stimulate people talk about it and then go uh, stimulate people's interest in exploring an a familiar culture whether it's a Asian culture or African culture or like a, uh, with those like like in Middle Eastern culture and then I hope those like events we have, those like films you see can be like a catalyst in starting like sharing conversations with each other. And then those are all like a small bridges that we built to lead to better understanding. Well, thank you so much, Joyce, for your, your time. I really enjoyed talking to you and I'm really looking forward to Embrace, uh, the video series. I'm looking forward to looking, seeing that, uh, come to fruition and also, uh, seeing your film, uh, during Asian Heritage Month programming. So thanks again for your time. Thank you so much, Abby. We are chatting with Joyce Liu, founder and CEO of Lumi Studios, a media and production company in downtown Halifax. They specialize in community storytelling, offering mixed media services to local businesses and corporations. For more information, go to lumistudios.ca. That's L-U-M-I studios.ca. And be sure to follow Lumi Studios at Lumi Studios HFX and Embrace at Embrace NS on social media. As usual, we have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He's going to give us an update on the Provincial Economic Relief Programs and tell us about the video campaign that Downtown Halifax Business Commission has launched in partnership with 11 other business improvement districts across the province. This video campaign was in response to the Government of Nova Scotia's economic relief programs that need to better target small business. So, Paul, what do you have for us today? We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the new programs that are available. Uh, and some of these we've covered before, but uh, we've got some additional information, and there have been some changes to them as well. So the first one I'd like to talk about, it's a, a new provincial program called the COVID-19 Paid Sick Leave Program. So lots of conversations on social media about uh, about the province stepping up and, and covering paid leave. Um you know, obviously we're all in a situation where, you know, we want people to be able to get tested, we want people to get their vaccines. Um, you know, everyone agrees that, you know, mass vaccination is, is the best way out of the pandemic. So uh, one of the things that the provincial government, I think, was hearing from, from lots of businesses um, was that, you know, they want to be able to give employees time off to go and get their vaccine and to, and uh, you know, if the vaccine you know impacts them, a lot of people after getting their first shot, you know, 
for a day, kind of have flu-like symptoms. So I wanted to ensure that, that people were doing that and that employers um, uh, could let people go to do that. So there is a voluntary paid sick leave program um, the province has put in place. Uh, it's a limited time program. So essentially the duration of the program is between May 10th and July 31st. Um, now it may get extended beyond that, but right now that's that's the intention. Uh, and it's really, as I said, made for uh, employers uh, who want to support employees uh, to be able to go get their vaccinations or go get tested and those types of things. So uh, it is meant for, it's up, it covers up to four days, uh, paid sick leave days. Uh, they all have to be related to COVID. So it's not, it's not a broad based, uh, paid sick leave program. Uh, it is, uh, it is specific to, to things around COVID. Um, and it'll cover up for four days. And the way it works is the employers would still, uh, cover the employees pay for those days. But then they can get reimbursement uh, from the government, uh, for those, those days. And it's not, it's not complete reimbursement, but it's, but it's pretty close. Uh, I think it, I think the, Average cost will take to be about ten dollars per day for the employer. That's not covered. So, um, so I think a program that's hopefully going to be very helpful for employees to be able, to, or employers to be able to give their employees some time off um, to help um, help um, beat COVID. So, uh, we encourage people to uh, employers to look into that. Uh, for those that don't have paid leave programs, uh, to take advantage of this one. Um, I said it is completely voluntary uh, for employers, so it's it's no risk program, but it's a pretty good one. Okay, another program we do want to talk about, which has had some changes uh, since our last conversation, is the uh, the real property tax rebate program. So there's actually two different streams uh, for this program. One is for if you're a tourism operator, there's one stream, and then if you're any other impacted business, uh, it's a different stream. Um, they're, they, they look like they're essentially the same program. I, for one or the other, depending on what type of business you are. So this is a program uh, that um, this is a new program that's intended to get uh, cash into the hands of impacted businesses. Um, it um, uh, essentially covers your um, the portion of your property taxes that you would pay up to about half of your first payment, or essentially about 25% of your total tax bill for the year. Um, and so, as a tenant, you would need to get that information uh, from your landlord. Uh, most landlords will break this down for you. Uh, or if not, if you, if you can't get that information from your landlord, there is a, a $1,000 minimum payment uh, that can be made to, to anyone. And so this is a program, again, it's not a loan program. It is about getting cash into the hands of businesses. It's, it's eligible to, um, uh, to any business that's been impacted by the restrictions. Um, and so there was a bit of a snag. This program was announced a couple of months ago, uh, and the intention was really about helping those businesses that were impacted during the second wave. Uh, which you recall was was back last December, January. Um, but by the time the program actually rolled out, uh, we were into our third wave. There was, I guess, behind the scenes administrative delays or whatever. And so one of the things that uh, business improvement districts in Nova Scotia, including us, um, advocated for was because this program was coming out in the third wave, we really felt that all businesses impacted by restrictions should be eligible for this. And so after some some lobbying and advocacy on our part and, and other business organizations' parts, uh, this program has now been expanded. So if uh, if you're a business uh, that's been impacted uh, with restrictions under this through wave, uh, you are completely eligible to apply for this program. And uh, we would encourage uh, all of our businesses to go and look into the program and uh, see if you're eligible or not. Uh, this will um, get a check sent to you. And you can find out more information on those programs, the two programs that Paul just mentioned, at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus under support for business. So you just search for support for business on the Nova Scotia government site. So that kind of goes into, like, segues into the video uh, campaign that the business improvement districts uh, launched. Um, so you want to talk about that, Paul? 
Sure. So one of the, the concerns I guess we've had uh, over, over the course of this entire pandemic is, of course, we as, as business organizations, whether we're business approval districts or chamber of commerce or retail council or restaurant association, there's lots of great associations that represent their members. Uh, and so we have the opportunity to, to interact directly um, with, with government um, on sometimes their weekly calls, sometimes they're multiple times a week. Uh, we've been meeting as much as, you know, five days a week and, and as little as once a week. So we're on calls all the time with uh, with deputy ministers and other representatives of government. So that's been really useful, and, and certainly what we try to do is try to be the voice of our members. So we, we encourage all of our members to reach out to us you know, with your concerns, with your questions. We'll try and get those addressed. Uh, but there's nothing quite like, you know, the voice of the individual businesses that are being impacted. And so the purpose of this this video that we put together, uh, which was, uh, was kind of a shared effort amongst all the business improvement districts in Nova Scotia, uh, there's 12 of us, um, really between Halifax and, and uh, the city of Breton, uh, was to was to get the voice of business out there. So the video is really a compilation of impacted businesses just talking a little bit about their own story. Um, and it's not, uh, you know, it's not meant to be kind of a, you know, it's, it's not meant to be a hard-hitting sob story or anything like that. It's really just business owners talking about the challenges that they've been facing, uh, as well as as well as it's not all negative. There's uh, people are talking about kind of the resiliency that they're feeling. Uh, but there's no question it's it's been a really tough year for businesses, and um, I think just having you know business owners expressing their own concerns and their own voices, and then sharing that uh, broadly across social media can be really impactful. And so you know the main I guess the main audience for this uh, really is government uh, to ensure that they're hearing from those businesses and, and understanding their issues, uh, but for the general public as well, so that people understand um, that um, you know everyone's been impacted by this, but uh, but it really feels like a lot of the burden is falling to you know the small businesses, local businesses in our downtowns and our main streets. So uh, if you haven't seen the video, you can check out uh, any of our social media platforms. We've got a bunch of them at downtown Halifax. But if you're listening to this and you're involved with another business improvement district, um, they're they're sharing it as well. So. Uh, it's out there everywhere, and um, uh, just take a, take a minute or two and, uh, and check it out. And, uh, um, and we hope that um, that you can do whatever you can do to, uh, to support uh, our small businesses uh, get through the third wave and, and hopefully back to prosperity pretty soon. Yeah, so we did get a lot of submissions for the that video campaign, and uh, Spring Garden and Danton Dartmouth uh, put that video together that we just launched over the weekend. So as Paul said, uh, just watch for uh um, social media platforms like Instagram, uh, and uh, you'll be able to see that video. Uh, with the videos that didn't quite make the cut into that video in particular, uh, hopefully we can do something with those uh, testimonials and and get them out there as well. So so stay tuned for that. So thank you so much, Paul, uh, for your updates. Great, thank you. We were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He gave us updates on the Provincial Economic Relief Programs and the new video campaign launched by 12 business improvement districts across the province in response to the Economic Relief Programs. And now for BizBuzz. And now it's time for BizBuzz. Lauren Andrews, our Marketing and Communications Coordinator, is here with me today. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Thank you. On this episode of BizBuzz, we are going to chat about what's open in downtown Halifax, how you can support our local small businesses during this third wave of lockdown, and we'll tell you what the show up for Pan-Asian Food and Wind giveaway with the coast and a new giveaway we are doing to celebrate the 50th episode of Downtown Lowdown. We are about three weeks plus into this third wave lockdown, and although restaurants may be closed for seated service and retail businesses that sell non-essential goods are closed to in-person shopping, that does not mean that they are closed for business. 
Many businesses in the downtown area set up the infrastructure earlier in this pandemic to continue to serve their customers, even when they can't welcome people into their stores. For food and beverage establishments, some smaller cafes and coffee shops are still open for in-person takeout service, so you can walk in and order takeout directly from the counter. But for most other restaurants and cafes, you can order either online or by phone for either curbside pickup or local delivery. Many retail stores that do not sell essential services are also operating online now, so you can order online and choose curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping. Many retail stores are also showcasing their products on their social media sites, and you can even order by DMing them. And other stores are offering virtual shopping tours using FaceTime or Zoom. Stores selling essential goods and services are still open for in-person service with reduced capacity, and this includes drug stores, grocery stores, pet stores, and liquor stores, including both the NSLC and private liquor stores. Personal wellness services like hair salons, barber shops, spas, nail salons, and body art establishments are also closed, but many are still selling their retail products either online or by phone for curbside pickup and delivery. And you can also still buy gift cards to use later. And although the main attractions in downtown Halifax are closed, which includes the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic, the Discovery Centre, and the Canadian Museum of Immigration at Pier 21, you can still shop online for curbside pickup, delivery, or shipping from each of their gift shops. So you can visit the websites for each attraction to find their gift shops and shop online for some nice local and Canadian-made products. If you're wondering what is open and open online for business in downtown Halifax, we've been updating our What's Open in Downtown Halifax pages on our website. You can check that out at downtownhalifax.ca open. If there's a particular business that you are interested in, I'd recommend finding them on social media to see if they are open and how they're operating right now. And if you're a business in downtown Halifax and would like to be included on this list, please email communications at downtownhalifax.ca. So Lauren, do you want to remind our listeners how they can still safely support our local businesses? Sure. During this third wave lockdown, we are asking that you continue to support our local businesses, and you can do that by getting takeout or delivery from your local restaurants and cafes, shopping online for curbside pickup or local delivery, buying gift cards to use later. And here are a few ways you can support businesses for free. Follow your favorite businesses on social media and like, share, or comment positively on their posts, or give them a shout-out on your own social media. Recommend your favorite local businesses to a friend. Leave a positive review on a review site. And you could even reach out to the owners and employees of your favorite local businesses to see how they are doing. Great. Thanks, Lauren. So May is Asian Heritage Month, and we've partnered with The Coast on the Show Up for Pan-Asian Food and Wind giveaway. This giveaway celebrates the great food and culture in Halifax's Pan-Asian restaurants and businesses during Asian Heritage Month. To enter, all you have to do is order from a Pan-Asian restaurant and tell The Coast in a short email or social media post why you show up for Pan-Asian food. You can enter by emailing contests at thecoast.ca or tagging your posts with hashtag HFXPanAsianFood. For more information, you can visit thecoast.ca or follow at thecoasthalifax on Instagram. And make sure you're following at Downtown Halifax on social media, as we'll be highlighting some Asian-owned and led businesses in Downtown Halifax for Asian Heritage Month. If your business is Asian-owned or led and is located in Downtown Halifax and you'd like to be featured, let us know. Email communications at downtownhalifax.ca. And finally, we are almost at our 50th episode, which is hard to believe. In honor of our 50th episode, which will be released on May 25th, 
we are going to be doing a giveaway for 10 $50 gift certificates to downtown Halifax businesses on our Instagram and Facebook sites. Make sure you listen to our 50th episode and follow at downtown Halifax on Instagram and Facebook for more information in the coming week. And that's it for BizBuzz this week. This concludes episode 49 of Downtown Lowdown, recorded on May 17th, 2021. For more information, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it informative, please rate and subscribe to Downtown Lowdown. And don't forget to follow at Downtown Halifax on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.